Hi everyone, welcome to today's edition of Scouting for Growth. Today, I'm meeting with Pablo Duarte and Elias Itriago, founders of InsureLab LATAM, a fast-growing insurance technology accelerator and ecosystem for startups wanting to enter the LATAM market via Miami. Both Pablo and Ilario have been leading insurance innovation in LATAMs for years. They both come from industry like me, and you will discover during our discussion that we are all in the fractional world of tech, where we split our time across those projects that matter most to us. For instance, alongside supporting the InsurLab LATAM, Pablo is also Director Client Engagement at Bain and Company. Elio is also the president at Box Insurance. They both also have built a number of platforms to support the broker ecosystem. During our discussion, Pablo, Ilario, and I share viewpoints into the InsurTech ecosystem in LATAM, how they support the incumbent world, the broker world, and the startup world, InsurTech LATAM in numbers, their InsurTech portfolio and opportunity across the LATAM region. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, do not forget to subscribe to it, rate it, and provide a comment here below. If there is a topic that you feel needs addressing, just send me a message using the channel option listed below too. So welcome, Pablo, and welcome, Elayo. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to Scouting for Growth. Today, I am with two great friends located in Miami and covering the InsurTech LATAM world. Thank you so much for being with me, Pablo Duarte and Ilaios Itriago. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Sabine. So Thank let's, you, Sabine. Pleasure. pleasure. And so let's start with some introductions. I will start with you, Elias. We, we, you know, we, we want to know about you, you know, what you do every day and what got you into insurance and now InsureCheck. And I will ask the same of Pablo afterwards. Absolutely. My pleasure. So um, I'm Venezuelan by origin. So everybody knows I've been in the insurance industry almost 25 years. Um, my day-to-day today is I run Box Insurance, which is a cyber MGA uh, originally from Canada. I lead the business in the U.S., uh, we're a Zurich invested company, so uh, we're in definitely growth mode, and it's a very exciting time. We are uh, growing the business uh, in the traditional intermediated space, but we're also doing it in the non-traditional affinity space here in the U.S., which we think it's a great opportunity for, for us. Um, it, uh, what got me into insurance? Um, funny enough, I actually started my career in the oil industry in Venezuela, like any good Venezuelan would have done in the late 90s. Um, but then uh, a, a family member told me about Royal National Alliance and their graduate trainee program. And I thought, this sounds too good to be true. You know, they take you in, they, they fly you internationally, they train you in insurance and they pay you. So, you know, how can it, you know, what can go wrong? So I just thought, you know what, I'm going to give it a try at this. And if it doesn't work, there's always oil underneath the earth in my country. And I can always go back to the oil industry. So that's how I started. And I spent 16 years of my life at RSA. Um, a phenomenal career. Thankful for every minute of it to them. 
uh, and to everybody that I work with. One of the jewels of the people that I worked with from a talent and from, a, um, from an, an individual perspective was actually Pablo. And so I can say that I came out of RSA with the benefit of having known many great people, but one of those uh, was Pablo. And then we've been partners since 2017. So incredible. There you go. Pablo, God. Yes. So I'm originally uh, from Mexico, uh, Mexico City, huge, huge uh, city. And I started my career as a management consultant, which actually is what uh, took me uh, uh, close to the insurance world. I had several engagements in the insurance, um, in the insurance space. And uh, basically, I ended uh, one of my clients was RSA Insurance, and uh, I eventually joined the company focusing on strategy and sales uh, for different emerging markets, obviously, including Latin America, um, but, but got the, the opportunity to learn about several other uh, insurance markets around the world, uh, which is is definitely quite enriching and has been quite, quite fun. Um, and yeah, basically after RSA, I joined Hilary in this InsurTech uh, journey since 2016, uh, which uh, was quite quite interesting. Like uh, back back in those years, InsurTech was just starting in Latin America, so not much activity going on. And sometimes we were even wondering if we <laughs> made the right choice getting into InsurTech um, <laughs> at that time. But uh, obviously over the years, the, seeing so much growth was was um, definitely quite appealing, fascinating, enriching, great learning experience. And yeah, t today um, I'm... Uh, Besides being the co-founder, I'm a mentor at uh, the InsurTech LATAM Accelerator, which is definitely one of my passions, but also work uh, for Bain & Company, which is one of the management consulting firms I used to work for, scaling some of their ventures, uh, specifically a venture named NPS Prism, and that keeps, you know, the excitement of uh, entrepreneurship still as uh, uh, an important part of my day-to-day -day job. So today is all about InsurTech LATAM. And um, I would love to hear from you, uh, gentlemen, what excites you and what interests you about what insurance technology ventures can bring into a world, starting with you, Elias. Oh, listen, I think... Um... I think the insurance space, uh, as we know it, has a phenomenal opportunity um, with the uh, transformation that technology brings to it, right? That, as a, as, a, as a baseline position, there's clearly a before and an after, you know, technology came into our, into our world. The second part of that is the fact that that technology is actually now in the hands of consumers. Mm -hmm. and, and we believe that that is a massive change. And it's a massive change because... Uh, one of the key things that we really want to uh, make sure that happens in our markets is that more people get insurance. We're, we're convinced that the more people have insurance coverages, the better their social and economic development certainly would be. And it's not something that we have come up with here. It's something that's been proven on mature economies. So in that sense, um, we think that the ability that InsurTech has 
to bring products closer to the everyday individual that can benefit from insurance coverage, doing it in a very simple way, in a very efficient way. It's, it's actually an opportunity that must be leveraged and that both incumbents and insurtechs alike have the opportunity to do so. You know, in what type of mix could that happen? It's down to the market. It's mm-hmm. down to how the opportunity presents themselves in large markets, in small markets, in different markets, but certainly something that as collaborative as insurance has been over the centuries, the opportunity of insurtech is no different. Mm-hmm. We believe that incumbents and insurtechs have the ability to collaborate across the entire value chain. And the fact that we can promote and try to influence of that happening more and more, I think the better everybody's going to be from the industry insiders all the way to the consumers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Pablo, tell me a little bit more about what you see as well. Yeah, so definitely uh, I, I would echo Hilarious points. Um, I think through InsureTech, we see greater customization and personalization of value propositions. And, and that, that is key because traditionally insurance has been uh, yeah, uh, very yeah, s- structured and hard to sometimes fit into the specific needs of, of customers. But the other thing I would add to, to that is a new role that I think um, can emerge in the industry around uh, prevention. Prevention um, is like uh, incumbents, insurance companies shouldn't be there just to pay the claims, but need to have a more active role in preventing the claims from from happening, and that can be enabled through the new technologies through InsureTech. And and that's why the, that collaboration that Hilary is talking about is so important because it's through through that that uh, we can expand much more the role of, of the sector from a, a very limited role to, to a much, uh, uh, to, to something more relevant, more important, which is let me make, let me help that wherever, um, uh, accident or issue does not happen Mm -hmm. and through sensors cameras predictive models and so on in insurtech that can be now delivered to our markets that's interesting so tell us a little bit more pablo around the size of the market um, in latam Uh, because you know when i started with insurtech i guess seven years ago there were very few startups but i looked at it globally right so the first year I could, you know, identify probably a thousand a company which has a touch point with insurance very much around the customer engagement. Now there is, based on my data, around 6,000 of them, but, you know, still only 20, 25% receiving investment. Tell us, what is the scale of InsurTech in lifetime? How much money have they raised? How are they doing? Yeah, so... The- the, the, the insurtech market in Latin America continues to be very active. Uh, unlike what we saw in other markets where valuations uh, plummeted, um, uh, we haven't seen such a, an effect uh, in, the, in the Latin American market. And I'll explain in a moment if you want why is that happening. Um, but 
uh, and that doesn't mean that maybe they will they will adjust at some point to to some level. But uh, we haven't seen at least the, the the significant declines as in other markets. There there are about uh, four hundred over four hundred uh, insured techs in Latin America. Um, the growth rate is about twenty percent um, year over over year. Um, and about six six percent of the companies die every year, as as in with with any any uh, venture ecosystem. Um, some of the fastest growing markets are Colombia and Brazil. Colombia maybe the fastest one, uh, but from a scale perspective, still significantly smaller than than Brazil. Brazil growing over thirty percent uh, per year and being the largest market of 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 latin america about um i would say about one third of the entire latin american market is concentrated in brazil mm-hmm. uh, uh something exciting um about brazil is that during the the initial years uh of of insurtech it was a very isolated market you didn't see many um insurtechs from other Latin American markets go to Brazil and also from like none from Brazil going to other markets. But that is starting to change more recently with greater collaboration, let's say, between the, the rest of Latin America and, and Brazil. And that that is a, a tremendous opportunity because the Brazilian market is indeed um, uh, huge. Just to give you a bit um, more context, uh, Mexico is the second uh um, largest market, obviously, with about 18% of um, the insurtechs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have uh, Argentina with about 16. Argentina is one of the most innovative markets, I would say, in, in the region. It's where you see uh, some of, of the newest business models coming out. Um, so definitely a very interesting market, uh, even when economically speaking, the, the market is not doing as 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 well as, as some of the other markets in the region, Colombia with about ten percent, and yeah, other other countries with uh, smaller percentages. Chile also like ten percent. Incredible. So Incredible. I mean, you know, I would have expected for sure Brazil, Mexico to be um, some of the top markets for um, intratech startup, like they were for fintech. Um, and it's great to see that actually it's spread across the continent as well, going into Colombia, Argentina, in Chile. Elias, coming to you, what are the top trends? You know, you are focusing on cyber, um, but looking at those startups entering the market and trying to solve for major local problems. Can you tell us, you know, your view around commercial versus personal? Can you tell us about what you see around the top trends and and why they are so important for LATAM. Sure. Um, Just to complement Pablo on on, on the previous point quickly, I think Argentina is is a country that has been known for innovation uh, way before we call it fintech and and insurtech. It's a very entrepreneurial country. uh, And precisely because of the, you know, sort of economic circumstances and all that, they have a very strong pipeline of solutions that are created in Argentina, are growing in Argentina, but definitely want to go elsewhere for growth. You know, and companies like Mercado Libre, for example, are examples of that. 
um, uh, and, and and many others. Um, and and in terms of in terms of the smaller markets that punched uh, above their weight, uh, Pablo mentioned Chile. You know, our our first insured tech unicorn actually comes from Chile, okay. uh, and which is Betterfly. And um, and so I think it's a great balance between large markets, you know, large large pipeline of of insured techs coming from the big markets, but equally smaller quantities but tremendous quality coming from the smaller economies as well so i think that balance is what gives the great potential to to us in america as well uh going back to your point i think like anything um you know we saw the early days of insurtechs focusing more on personal lines mm-hmm. focusing more on distribution focusing more on that type of disruption which typically is the sexy aspect of where people want to go but I think over the years, you've seen that uh, more and more companies are tackling the commercial space, whether it's small commercial or, you know, things more traditional on the larger scale of commercial business. We have insurtechs like Simply uh, in Chile, who does small commercial, does it really well. They've now gone to Mexico. Um, you have companies like Suru, who is focused on the transportation side of things and the marine space mm-hmm. um you know and they're growing really fast as well uh, from peru uh, going into mexico and, and other markets so i think what's happening is um new entrepreneurs uh, entrepreneurs that are pivoting their business models are realizing that there's a great deal of opportunity in the commercial space not so much only because of the size of, of those books but also because of what pablo mentioned earlier which is you know, there's a great deal of opportunity in the sustainability aspect of the commercial mm-hmm. insurance uh, space. We are starting to see more and more opportunities there and therefore more and more insurtechs. And I think that is one of the angles that it's going to make many uh, of the main economies in the region see, uh, you know, more solutions in that space and actually more innovation, I dare to say, in that space that could also be taken to other markets. Yeah, interesting. And, you know, one thing that would be great for you gentlemen uh, to, to touch upon is your portfolio. When you look at InsurTech Latam, you know, what type of startups have you been working with, accelerating? I read um, this morning when I looked at some of the numbers myself um, that you also have another unicorn called Confio. Am I, am I right? Um, and so it's probably employers benefit maybe going more into the life side. Um, when I look at some of the numbers as well, for sure, Brazil, Mexico, Argentina, Chile, Colombia. And um, so from an article viewpoint, I see Swiss Re doing some activity. I mean, they, they've done some, some work recently with uh, Joycar. A lot of work probably in auto, but, you know, as you know, sustainability and commercial line is my one of my top priority uh, for 2023. Uh, I find it fascinating and I think there is a massive opportunity to be grabbed here by collaborating with startup alongside building new solutions of the future. But the one also which interested me, which I saw from um, last year, is female founders, right? Uh, one of the la- largest raised in LATAM was for a startup um, from a female founder, uh, which raised around 7 million. Um, mm-hmm. And that was in August last year. So tell yeah. us a little bit more about your portfolio and, and how that fits into some of the themes you're actually focusing on as well. 
starting. Sure. Hilar, you, you want to start? Oh, <laughs> I'll, I'll start. I'll start, and I'll let Pablo compliment Perfect. that because uh, he he's the he's the more um, you know uh, finance type of guy of of the two of us. But I think in general, when you think about you know the years that we've seen in SureTech development in Latam, one of the things that we've realized is there are pockets of opportunities uh, within different line of businesses that you know, um, have the potential to become quite relevant. Um, and some of those are, you know, uh, more in the traditional space um, of personal lines. Some others are more in the commercial space. But in general, when you look at them, these are companies that have found niches where incumbents see the value they bring to market and are either collaborating with them uh, or, uh, have partnered with them. And so we see a lot of potential when that collaboration happens. So uh, our portfolio has a, a, a number of, of companies that go from small commercial insurance on the property side, um, 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 uh, distribution around the personal lines, new type of risks, assets to be insured, like you know gadgets and mobile equipment and things of that, of that nature all the way to, you know, um, uh, motor telematics, you know, uh, that space, and even assistance place. Uh, we believe that the assistance segment has a great opportunity, particularly when you think about parametric insurance going forward. Uh, and so we think that investing in those type of platforms that touch different line of businesses, different distribution models, and equally different potential for growth in multi-market uh, strategies, it's the way to go. Um, so, Pablo, I'll, I'll let you compliment them, give yeah. more details about that. So, and the, the other aspect we look at um, in for, for our portfolio is that it needs to be, uh, we invest in, in, in companies that already have proven their, their model and are, are already in a stage of scaling to new markets, already have some some maturity in, in them, um, because that's also a way in which we balance bear the, the risks, the, the risk of, of the portfolio. The other aspect we consider is, um, is uh, basically having a clear impact on certain themes, for example, sustainability that you, that, uh, you, you mentioned, uh, Sabine. So one of the investments uh, we made was in Go Clear, which is uh, basically a, a telematics um, play with uh, sustainability as, as well, uh, or having a clear social impact. Uh, and one example there is uh, Simply, which is this company that Hilario mentioned before, uh, which basically provides um, insurance for small businesses. And they have a, actually a very interesting um, uh, acquisition strategy where they have existing clients, uh, those small videos where they share their experience with uh, insurance and the services from, from Simply. Um, that have helped educate the market. And that's one of the biggest gaps we have in Latin America. Um, we have a very low penetration of insurance in the region, particularly in, in, in small businesses. And that's because uh, yeah, the lack of education, the fact that this is not 
mandatory and <laughs> other reasons, but education is key and their acquisition strategy has proven to be very, very successful because they are educating the market and that's something we love. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting you are saying that um, insurance need to be, I mean, insurance is being bought, right? You. Um, have to, to to go and buy it because you need it and realize you need to be covered. But education becomes really key, partly as we move into a world where new emerging risks arise all the time, right? We are digitized and we are on digital channels all the time, which I think it's potentially a reason why, Laos, you're actually seeing cyber such an exciting opportunity, right? Listen, the, the cyber um, uh, point is, is a phenomenal one, and it's one that I am a super believer because when you think of all the emerging risks that we've had in a number of years, uh, cyber is the one that is, in my opinion, the most universal. Mm -hmm. it, can, it, can, it can hit the, the poorest of the poor, the richest of the rich, the smallest of the companies, and the biggest of the corporations. Mm -hmm. There's absolutely a, a universal aspect of it where everybody is going to benefit by being covered uh, against cyber risks. And then when you look at that spectrum, cyber has the ability, and again, or something that Pablo said earlier, where the element of prevention, prediction, uh, but also covering with insurance, actually kind of inverts the three lines of defense that we use in the traditional insurance space, where you bring education, where you bring uh, knowledge, where you bring tools to actually monitor your exposure to risk on a 24-7, on a, on a you know, on-demand basis. And then ultimately, the third line of defense being the actual insurance policy, that's actually turning the model in it, on its head and it's a phenomenal thing to look and I'm sure to evaluate over time to see how it actually evolves and matures. But I think cyber in general is something that is a tremendous risk to uh, propagate across consumers to make sure that everybody's aware as to how to protect themselves because it really it's not going to discriminate of who you are or what kind of company you work in. You're exposed, so better be protected. Yeah. So where do you see the market going? moving forward where is going to be the insurtech opportunities in latter yeah i i would say there there are there are uh we see a few one that is uh quite uh quite important is in um penetrating the the middle and lower so social economic classes that's that's still um uh, a blue ocean, uh, I would say, and it's about finding the right uh, value proposition. But now with technology, that's definitely uh, a possibility. And within that, spaces like micro life insurance, uh, certain um, uh, health um, coverages. Uh, I don't want to say health insurance because actually that line is not necessarily profitable in, in the region, but uh, some health coverages is where we see some of the biggest uh, opportunities and where there, there is much need and social impact in, 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 in those. Um, the, the other one is around, um, around uh, I would say, parametric coverages that are uh, simpler and with technology 
the, the use or application of uh, parametric coverages is, is expanding. Several of the Latin American markets are, catastro are catastrophic, uh, mm -hmm. got exposed with earthquakes, hurricanes, you, you name it, like El Nino, La Nina, all types of phenomena that um, uh, make the, the opportunity to ensure um, property on their parametric models quite quite appealing. And I would say cyber, definitely, as Hilario was pointing out, that's that's uh, uh, another another space because everybody is 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 exposed and um, everybody has a, at least a cell phone and uh, uh, an email account etc is is finding the 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 right propositions yeah and, and, and sorry Lilius, please let me just add a little tiny bit in there um uh, and mixing it with your previous question as well. Um, I think we also are looking at areas of opportunities. When you look at the architecture of risk management and risk coverage, one of the things that we're seeing is there's a great opportunity to accelerate the distribution of insurance, particularly with non-traditional players. Mm -hmm. One of the other companies that we invested in is WeCover. They have a platform that allows anybody to actually create their own insurtech, as they call it. Oh, wow. In other words, what that what that means is actually you can go to a white goods uh, you know, distributor in Peru and say, you can use insurance as a strategy to grow your business. Uh, and in fact, we have a platform that can help you do that. And in fact, that platform can bring an incumbent to actually take the risk. And so those are people that are not traditionally used to be approached for that kind of I, I effect think... of, of, of actually adding them. It becomes phenomenal. And then the last bit to that is you would also see areas of opportunities where the assistance component, I'm a big believer in the assistance component as a, as a, as a vehicle to parametric. Uh, you can also bring these type of new assets, mobile phones, tablets, computers, things that the new generations are being more important than their car because they're not buying cars. Yeah. Many of them are in Ubers and all that. That's the segment whereby you can also have a differentiated entry point into expanding the insurance coverages for new generations. So I think those two are tremendously important in our region as well. Anything else you want to add, Pablo? Uh, no, just I, I'm one of, I'm actually one of those. I I, I use Uber uh, and, and Lyft and all those uh, services. I, I don't have a car, so I, I, I'm waiting to buy that that coverage. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, and you know, insurance is everywhere, right? It could be embedded everywhere. And um, I do think that some of the way the world is going will, will force people to be uh, more aware of the risk which are there and, you know, impacting them in their home, outside the home. Uh, you mentioned La Nina, El Nino. Those things are areas where people say, you know, I, I wish I was protected better. And uh, I understood the value of insurance, not after, but before, right? Often you need major risk for people to realize the value of, of why we, we get insured. Totally. Yeah. So when you look at um, venturing and um, investment in the market, any additional and final words you, you could add around, you know, getting uh, investors ramped up? into investing in LATAM? And if there is investment coming into the market, where is it coming from? Yeah, it, it's a, a great question. I'll start and uh, let Hilario complement. So the last 
year, the region received nearly one, one billion in investments. The investment rate has been declining versus um, versus uh, pre previous years, given obviously all the e economic conditions. But the drop was about forty, like thirty-five to forty percent versus uh, twenty twenty-one, mm -hmm. and we haven't seen any further or major acceleration in the investment uh, since uh, so, so far so um, is, is still to be be seen as one of the reasons why I believe the Latin American market is more resilient um, to in, in keeping some of the evaluations and the investment is because of the nature of most of the startups not not everyone obviously there are exceptions um, but um, but um, typically local investors um, uh, deploy capital when companies have proven to have profitable models so it's it's less about what you see in other markets of grow super fast burn a lot of cash or at least what it used to be um, uh, burn a lot of cash to accelerate your growth. Uh, and uh, let's prove if if there is a clear path to profitability um, that was sometimes not very carefully checked. Uh, here, typically, companies need to prove that they, uh, before receiving an investment, that they can um, grow, um, have a, an appropriate acquisition cost, let's say, um, before they, yeah. They, they get funds and that lowers the amount of risk um, compared to to other markets the some of the exception, exceptions we have seen have been some of the insure techs that have raised uh, capital from large international funds mm. uh, softbank and and others yeah. where that nature nature I just described of um, of the insure techs deviates a bit because they start getting the pressure of then growing very fast and that then, uh, but they have the cash from those international uh, VCs to fund it. Um, and But that's not the typical, I would say that's not the typical uh, insure tech path in, in Latin America. Um, and that's why I think it, it, it remains a very attractive market for outside investors if they, if they maintain I would say that trend of investing only in insurtechs that that are already uh, profitable um, and have some scale. Yeah, yeah. I would I would I would add just simply there that um, there is a great uh, it's a great environment in Latin America for investors to see their investments actually have a path to scalability. Mm -hmm. Um, because many of these insurtechs either come from small economies that by the nature of it want to go international and go into bigger markets, you know, like Brazil, like Mexico, etc., or they've actually been brewed in those big markets. The beauty of that is that uh, it doesn't stop there. You know, every Latin American dream, and it's actually fully connected, is the bridge to the U.S. market. And so the those with greater potential have the ability to scale beyond the region, even though they have a region to scale themselves and prove themselves, as Pablo was saying, before they can make the big jump. So if I was an investor, I can see 
that I have many avenues to actually um, uh, take advantage of not only what Pablo mentioned earlier around the path to profitability being the priority, but also because of the lower cost of um, of the of the of the tickets vis-a-vis the quality of the technology used by these insure techs and their ability to scale. So I think those three are really important. A few things you said as well, which resonate is, um, you know, the ability to distribute and, and, and actually find a way to, to drive that unit economic, right? And um, also do that if you don't mind me saying cheaply, uh, because one needs to control one's cost of ca- um, of acquisition, the CAC. And so all those criteria become important. So you need to find a way to identify your customer segment, the niche you're going to serve, and serve that niche across LATAM, and then look at how you are going to scale in, 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 uh, in the Americas. But also, you said from an investor viewpoint, you mentioned SoftBank. I've seen Sequoia and Sonowitz investing in the market, but also that drive a different profile where the company needs to scale fast, acquire the employee base to deliver on the strategy. And that can often um, be also difficult if you don't have internally the right culture and the right strategy, because it takes time to iterate those, isn't it? 100%. 100%. So what would be your wo- word of wisdom? I'll start with you, Lahino. What would be your last word of wisdom? Um, I think I think uh, we have a tremendous market in Latin America. I think we have a great pipeline of companies for investors to look at. I think we have the great culture and, um, and, and ability to keep honest the sense of urgency that these entrepreneurs have to grow. And one of the things that I like the most is that we um, we have a hunger for success and for legacy building. Uh, because of what we said at the, early, at the beginning of this conversation, many of our entrepreneurs are really trying to make a dent in the universe, as Steve Jobs used to say. Yeah. Change the way our penetration of insurance uh, in our markets uh, is at the moment. And not only have success because of the venture itself, but have success because of the social impact and economic impact it can create. It's very hard to talk to an entrepreneur in the insurtech space in our region that don't have that belief. And if they don't have it, we try to ingrain it into themselves because it's just the right right thing to do in our view. So I think that is one area that makes us super attractive and we're super open to have investors and other players that want to look at our region and us helping them understand it better because it's a tremendous area of opportunity in not only in the emerging markets but in international markets in general Pablo? yeah yeah and for for me it's um it's more uh uh, an advice for entrepreneurs um as as an as entrepreneurs ourselves which is really enjoying every every day of the journey uh, there are obviously like good times and, and bad times uh, it, it's a roller coaster as as many say but the, at the end when you see back it's, it's about uh, just seeing how much you are learning how much you are growing personally from um, from this entrepreneurial journey and I think that's what also injects 
joy in life, having the ability to learn every day about some new model, some new insure tech, because again, just in Latin America, we see about 100 new insure techs every, every year, and then add to those the, the ones in other markets. Uh, it's a, it's a fascinating uh, and enriching uh, learning experience. And, and uh, I, I think that doesn't have a, a price even when you factor in the some of the tough uh, moments in, in the net entrepreneurial life. Yeah, wise word. So thank you very much for your time and your advice, gentlemen. Where can we find you? If people want to reach out, where do they go? Um, well, we can uh, we can start by they can reach us at www.latam-insuretech.com. That's our that's our base for Latam Insuretech uh, and everything that we're doing there, from the accelerator to data insights to labs for innovation. Um, and then uh, we are as far as an email. Um, so in my case, is hilario at latam-insuretech.com, and Pablo. Um, over to you. Yeah, and for me, it's Pablo D, as in David, uh, at latam-insuretech.com. Superb. You mentioned David, and you know, there is one campaign I really enjoyed last year, which was Zurich's campaign around David and Goliath. So David, the startup, <laughs> Goliath, the big company. So, hey, <laughs> everything comes <laughs> back together. <laughs> Phenomenal. Lovely to see you both. Thank you very much for your time. And I guess I will be in touch anyway through the Rapvine. Fantastic. Thank you Fantastic. for the invitation. Sabine. Pleasure. Thank you, Sabine. If you like this podcast, subscribe now, share with your friends, and if you enjoyed it, please give it a five-star review. Also, if you want to cover any specific subject with me, contact me on Instagram under Subin Vidal Officials or LinkedIn under Sabine van der Linden. Thank you.